Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. This date is listed as being December 31st, Friday, in the year which is numbered at 2021. Last day of the calendar year. In the winter, in the heart of winter. Depending on where you are in the country, it may not feel like winter, but it does here. Now, with it being the last day of the year, I've missed so many (laughs) uh, occasions to provide programs due to illness and what have you. But with it being the last day of the year, I could focus on any number of things, but I'm going to focus on matters pertaining to, tangentially, pertaining to Christmas, which is just past. But again, I say tangentially. <laughs> they will pertain, but not necessarily obviously so. Something that I've mentioned time and time and time and time and time again pertains to a prior civilization a prior greatest empire, a prior not sole world superpower, but world superpower, Rome, the Roman Empire. You know the saying, Rome wasn't built in a day. Well, no, it wasn't built in a day, and it wasn't destroyed in a day. No, it took longer than that. But though it was a process, it was predictable. It was foreseeable. And there were any number of influences upon the Roman Empire that were involved in that process. At the core, at the root, what is not typically focused on was the immorality, the moral depravity, massive depravity, and the spiritual dearth. Oh yes, they worshipped false gods, but that is spiritual dearth, not spiritual wealth. But among the major causes for the fall of the Roman Empire that are recognized, that have been written about, spoken about, massive immigration by vast multitudes who were not loyal to the Roman Empire contributed to the fall of the Roman Empire. There was massive immigration. Now, going back to the Grecian Empire, the forerunner of the Roman Empire, there was a program of assimilation of all conquered peoples in a certain sense 
in a manner of speaking, becoming Greek. But there also was recognition of those cultures and there was a reverse assimilation with (laughs) Greek becoming other things. This also took place in the Roman Empire. But another major cause for the fall of the Roman Empire was wars waged from without. So in other words, not what you would call a civil war. Not internal warfare. But warfare beyond. Beyond the borders of the Roman Empire and on the fringes of the vast Roman Empire and along the borders of the Roman Empire, and then eventually within the Roman Empire. But Rome did not fall in a day. And when it did fall, yes, the Roman Empire fell, but the Eastern Empire did not. The Western Empire fell, not the Eastern, which would stick around for about another millennium. Well, what possible application does that have? What possible relevance does that have to the United States of America or Great Britain or the European continent, including Scandinavia or Canada or Australia, New Zealand and what have you? Well, just this, there has been massive immigration. It has been welcomed. It has been encouraged It has been promoted, and it has had a huge impact across the continent of Europe, from southernmost Europe through Scandinavia. It's had a massive impact in Great Britain, in Canada, in the United States of America, Australia, and so forth. What kind of an impact has it had? Well, there has always been immigration. And if you go back 100 years and so forth, there was immigration and it had an impact. And the way that immigration worked back then was very different from how it is today and how it has been for the past few decades. Now, perchance you have heard me say in the past, just to quote or paraphrase or what have you, this uh, saying that figures don't lie, but liars figure. Well, I don't entirely agree with that sentiment, with that saying, that figures don't lie. I know that figures can lie. I know that answers to survey questions are very, very, very heavily influenced by the question itself, how it is asked, how it is phrased, the order of words, and what have you, and the possible choices for answers, very heavily influences what the responses will be and what the tally of responses will be. So too with the United States census. 
So this matter that figures don't lie, well, they can be made to lie. They can be manipulated to lie. They can be exploited to lie. But yes, it's this idea that, well, it's not the numbers. That's just the raw figures, the data. That's not false. It's how these things are represented. But in point of fact, those numbers can be and are routinely, habitually manipulated, skewed, and exploited in order to arrive at the conclusions that the framers of these questions and these surveys and these senses or sensei want to receive. Now, the figures I'm going to repeat to you, share with you, these are figures from the United States Census Bureau and Please do not take it as being truthful, okay? It's the information, these are the figures that the Census Bureau gives us that does not confer integrity upon those numbers. But according to the United States Census Bureau, as of... Two thousand nineteen people described as being white people, which included Hispanic white people, accounted for more than three quarters of the population of the United States of America. More than. As of 2019. However, according to the United States federal government regime in power, one person is born in the United States of America every nine seconds. And Another person dies every nine seconds. So that's a wash. That's a push. One is born and one dies. And of course, it's possible that one could be born and die in a very brief period of time. But meanwhile, The U.S. government states that one international migrant, they don't bother to tell us whether that international migrant is a legal immigrant or an illegal immigrant, a documented worker, an undocumented worker, whatever. (laughs) One international migrant enters the United States of America, every 130 seconds, just over every two minutes. And then we are told that the result of all of this activity, 
One person being born every nine seconds. One person dying every nine seconds. One international migrant entering the United States of America every 130 seconds or two minutes and 10 seconds results in a population increase of one person every 129 seconds. Hmm. So one person dies every nine seconds. One is born every nine seconds. One international migrant enters the nation every 130 seconds. And there's a grand total increase in population of, drumroll please, one person every 129 seconds. Why isn't it one every 130 seconds? I don't know, but the population increase is due almost entirely, almost solely to immigration. Legal and illegal. Legal and illegal. <laughs> Documented and undocumented. What does that portend for the United States of America? It portends, I might add, the same <laughs> thing that it portends for Canada, Britain, Ireland, Europe, all of Europe. It's not good news. It means that over time, all, according to this, almost entirely, the existing population will die off and be supplanted by, be replaced by population from without. That's astonishing, really. The implications are (laughs) absolutely earth-shaking. But small wonder that the Democrat Party in the United States of America has been the number one cheerleader championing this. If you go back way back in the dark ages when Bill Clinton was president. Albert Arnold Gore Jr., vice president. No, he wasn't number two. Yes, he was the Veep, but he wasn't number two. He was behind the co-president, Hillary Rodham Clinton. But he was in charge of fast-tracking immigration. He was in charge of seeing to it that they greatly sped up the immigration process, fast-tracked it to get people in here on the voting rolls ever so much more quickly so that they could skew the results. Well, that was back in the dark ages before we had all of the wonderful computerized voting Motor voter registration, online, everything. We've come a long way, baby, since then. (laughs) It's been all downhill. But, again, the Democrat Party in the United States of America, great champion of heavily pushing immigration in order 
to completely upset the apple cart, completely overthrow the demographic lay of the land in the United States of America. This has taken place in Canada, throughout the continent of Europe, Great Britain, Ireland. It's This pressure is everywhere in the West, in the Western world, in former Christendom. And very much of this migration, particularly in the continent, Europe, and Great Britain, and Ireland, and Canada, and Australia, Australia, New Zealand, particularly in these places that immigrate population has been non-Christian, anti-Christian, anti-Christian, which is what Islam is, but it's not alone (laughs) in being anti-Christian. Here in the United States of America, it's not totally that way. It's not overwhelmingly that way. It's not predominantly that way. Why is that? It's because the immigrant population has come very largely, not just from Africa and the Middle East and Asia, but from the Caribbean and Central America and Mexico. And to a lesser extent, South America. But interestingly enough, there has also been migration from Europe. (laughs) Question is, how many of those migrants from Europe were not that long ago migrants to Europe? I don't, from other places, I don't know. But what this portends for all of the West is the demise of Western civilization, ultimately. When you look at the United States of America, you see a nation which is similar in many respects to the British Commonwealth and former British Commonwealth and Great Britain and Europe, the continent, Ireland, what have you. Very similar in many respects. Particularly heritage and lineage, which is being wiped out. But but you also see great leftist pressure subverting, corrupting, perverting culture, and society. And it's gone a long way here in the United States of America. It's just gone further in all of these other places. If you want to see the future of the United States of America, you just look to these other places. And Of course, there are all manner of brilliant people who say, oh, it's so much better over there. It's so much better in Scandinavia, on the continent, in Great Britain, in Canada, and Australia. The only reason those nations are still standing is because of the United States of America. No insult intended, but the plain, simple truth of the matter is, by the grace of God, Hitler's Nazi fascist machine was stopped 
with the intervention of the United States of America. Stalin's monstrous communist regime settled for enslaving Eastern Europe and working on enslaving the rest of the world and so forth. Had the United States of America been as corrupt and weak as it is today, that would not have been the case. But, again, from the United States of America's Census Bureau, which, you know, is so honest and trustworthy, it was stated that the foreign-born population doubled in the 25-year span, the quarter-century span, from 1990 to 2015. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear doubled, I would think it would mean, in this case, they're saying from almost 20 million, then that would mean almost 40 million. No. Interesting math. Interesting math from the U.S. Census Bureau. They state that the foreign-born population doubled, but they say from almost 20 million, less than 20 million people, to over 45 million. I've got news for you. That is more than doubling. All right. But that's in a span of 25 years. And again, according to the illustrious United States Census Bureau, and this is an estimate, an estimate, 50%, one half of United States children under the age of 18 are members of ethnic minority groups. One half, 50%. Which again, that's, a curious figure when you consider that the census figures show that more than three-quarters of the population are white. But that number is including Hispanic white, which then be viewed as, viewed as ethnic minority. But things are changing very rapidly. They have been changing very rapidly. They continue to change very rapidly. I'm going to get to Christmas, (laughs) the latter half of the program. But again, this emphasis, this importance of youth, of what that has to influence a nation. The growth of the youthful portion of the population. Many nations, like Mexico, the majority of the population is younger than 18 years of age. Back to dear old Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler, he had a program... Many, but one program of his was the Hitler Youth, the Hitler Jugend. 
Hitler knew that if you reach the young people, very soon you reach the world and control the world. Adolf Hitler said the following, quote, let me control the textbooks and I will control the state. Because the, end quote, because the textbooks were used, of course, to instruct, to teach the children. A wonderful tool for indoctrination. A wonderful means to communicate propaganda. And Adolf Hitler used them mightily. Adolf Hitler said the following, quote, This new state will give its youth to no one, but will itself take youth and give to youth its own education and its own upbringing, end quote. This new state. So the state would control, the children would control, the young people would control the youth and would educate them as it saw fit, indoctrinate them with propaganda, corrupt them, pervert them, control them. I'm almost done with Adolf Hitler here. Adolf Hitler said the following, quote, Your child belongs to us already. What are you? End quote. Your child belongs to us, to the Nazi state, the fascist state. Your child belongs to us already. We have them. We control them. We indoctrinate them. They are loyal to us. They answer to us. Who are you, parents? Interestingly enough, of course, the wonderful teachers' unions here in the United States of America have very prominently pushed indoctrination of children, of youth, of young people, not just in the last decade and the decade before that and the decade before that, but for more than the past half century and have done everything possible to shut parents out from influencing their children. Finally, with regard to Hitler, January 1933, Hitler took over Germany. Then he took over the young people. He closed down the Christian schools, as is going on in Britain, and required all youth to go to public schools that were controlled by the Nazis. By 1940, Hitler's young people were in his army. Before I continue, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas. And this is after all is said and done. After all is said and done, then we will know. But we should know well before that, shouldn't we? And whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks only to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. But whatever is lacking, erring, failing, unworthy 
is due to me. That's on me. That's my fault. Now, I said that I was going to focus on Christmas. I haven't exactly done that, have I? No. Well, just before I get there, and I am I'm on my way. <laughs> I'm segueing my way there right now. Let me just remind you of a very influential, very successful American from long ago. There is a plaque proudly displayed at the press club in Washington, D.C., which is graced with this quotation by this man. Quote, Our republic and its press will rise or fall together and able, disinterested, public-spirited press with trained intelligence to know the right and courage to do it can preserve that public virtue without which popular government is a sham and a mockery. A cynical, mercenary, demagogic press will produce in time a people as base as itself. The power to mold the future of the republic will be in the hands of the journalists of future generations. End quote. Joseph Pulitzer, whom the Pulitzer Prize is named after. Now, (laughs) I might change a word here or there if it were up to me in his statement. But his statement is true. However, interestingly enough, things have changed so much in America that the press, which used to have a stranglehold, the national media elites, They had a stranglehold on news, on information for a long time. When I was growing up, that was the case. Things have changed. But that's not to say things have changed for the better. Now, there's all this fake news, so-called. Well, back then, there was a forerunner of fake news. And what was it? It was, it was what? The major media elites wanted to tell us instead of some renegade, you know, loose cannon, whatever. That was using social media and what have you. Back then, it was the major media elites, the national media powerhouses. That were skewing the news, the information. Turning it into propaganda. And in agreement with one another. Yes, they had different anchors and different reporters. Different flavors. But what information, what news they passed along to us. 
was basically one size fits all. You could buy whatever model of Ford you wanted as long as it was black. The news was the news was the news. And it was something shy of honest and truthful. But now, now there have been any number of changes. And one of them has been that these bastions of truth, <laughs> the, the great news fountains, if you will, have been acquired by other companies. And it's gone through a couple different stages. But now it's typical that these former news giants are now being controlled by media giants, entertainment media giants. And while they are competing with one another, they are competing with all manner of other entertainment media, social media, Social media, which is absolutely dominant in Asia. Unbelievable how much time so very many people spend on their smartphones overwhelmingly on social media. But nowadays, today, so much of the influence that Joseph Pulitzer talked about is actually exercised by streaming services, by movie production companies, TV production companies, producing TV series, streaming series, TV movies, and what have you. And they are not promoting truth. <laughs> they are not promoting what is good. They are not reinforcing or encouraging what is noble, what is honorable, what is true, what is good, what is righteous, what is just, but the opposite. They're in league with, they are following the lead of the same kinds of things as the Communist Rules for Revolution, the Red Rules 1919. Once upon a time, back in the good old days, you know, the days of, <laughs> of the times that TV programs like Mad Men, which I've yet to see an episode of, but that they are representing those good old days. Back in those days, advertising was focused on what? On selling. On selling items. That was the focus. Advertising was used to sell merchandise. 
And how many times have you heard it said, or have you perhaps said it, or have watched it being described in a TV movie or some other kind of entertainment, that what they, this person or that person or the other person disliked about Christmas was the over-commercialization of Christmas. That these companies, and they, re- they refer to companies like, you know, merchandisers, when in point of fact it was advertising companies working for them. But that they create a need, a desire, a lust, whatever, on the part of people to have things that they don't need and can't afford, particularly playing on the tender young children. But guess what? That was the good old days. Really. I mean, that's the 1950s, 1960s. Oh, we've come a long way since then. If you go back to, oh, I don't know, the 2000s, and just take a microcosm, take, you know, for a nutshell, just to represent what is going on with the nation as a whole. And I will take Hallmark Channel. Now, Hallmark Company had a media company, Crown Media. And I don't know what the particular history of it is in terms of how it came to be publicly owned and so forth. But not that long ago. A few years ago, Hallmark decided to make it privately held. And they bought it up and they brought it in-house and to exercise total control over it. Hallmark has more than one channel. You probably are aware. Hallmark Channel, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, Hallmark Drama, and then they also have Hallmark Movies Now, which is online, on demand, and so forth. But their their flagship channel is Hallmark Channel. And they have ratcheted up Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, so they are kind of neck and neck, really. Providing very similar programming in terms of TV movies (laughs) for not just for Christmas, but year-round. And then they have their mystery programs on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries and so forth. But Hallmark's channels, they supposedly represented American traditional values. Supposedly. But I know when I started watching Hallmark some years ago, not, I mean, it's plenty of years ago, but it's not way back in the good old days. This was, uh, I don't know, 2000, late 2012. I happened to notice that 
there was a certain bent. There was a certain emphasis that I just saw played out over and over and over and over and over again. And it is what I would term a feminist narrative. Now, many people would say, no, that's nothing of the kind. That's just contemporary, you know, modern appreciation for how things should be. And you could say, well, it was a soft or understated whatever. Feminism, but definitely feminism, meaning that, among other things, not only was were most of the female leads high-powered business executives, even though they were in their 20s, but the male lead, time and time and time again, would need to follow her follow her here, there, or whatever, move to where she is, do this, that, and the other thing in order for all to be well with the world, all to be right with the world. They were also promoting women in the military. Rah, 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 right? What could be wrong about that? Everything, but promoting that. Well, they have continued that direction. But they've gone quite a ways. Now, back then, it was noticeable that almost all of the characters were white. Certainly all of the leads, with the exception of maybe in some other kind of program. But in their rom-coms, in their holiday movies, that was the case. Now... That has changed. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. But that has changed. And as of last year, they were starting, and and the year before that, maybe, (laughs) they started to finally show people of color, black people. But rarely Hispanic. Rarely Hispanic whites, rarely Hispanic, rarely Asian, rarely, very rarely. And on occasion, they would have a lesbian figure. Then last year, last year was the sea change year. And all of a sudden, not that they had never shown this before, but all of a sudden, Heavy pushing of mixed-race couples, particularly black men, white women, particularly black men, fair white women, over and over and over, not necessarily in the leads, but the secondary romantic couples and so forth, and tertiary ones. And it was at the very same time that they started to heavily promote the sodomite agenda. Lesbians, male sodomites, But in addition to that, if that wasn't bad enough that they chose deliberately, premeditatedly to defile their program with the sodomite agenda, 
they were again pushing this mixed-race narrative as being normative, the usual, customary. When in point of fact, United States government census figures show it to be anything but that. (laughs) Most recent figures here, black Americans, 12.1%. 12.1%. You would never know that from the advertising that comes with the very, very, very heavy spot load advertising that comes with Hallmark programming. Wherever you choose to watch your Hallmark programming. You would never know that. I mean, if perhaps you've seen the Balsam Hill advertisements. They have had multiple advertisements, but this year I've seen one advertisement over and over and over and over and over and over. And among the people there featured is a black man with a white woman. And I mean, this is just repeated constantly. And they are supposedly, you know, just as all American as you can get. In addition to all the other advertisers, the advertisers that are showing Black people to the tune of representing easily 50% of the population. But more than that, it's not just a matter of showing black couples, black friends, black neighbors, black coworkers. No, it's a matter of black and white couples, mixed race couples. Now, I can imagine, you know, different people have different ideas about why advertising has gone this way. And, oh, well, maybe it's to be able to to two races simultaneously, two very different races simultaneously. And I would say to that, yes, I can see that. I can see that you want to get more bang for your buck, so you want to offend, deeply offend, the majority of black women and the majority of white women with one fell swoop. Congratulations, you've done it. (laughs) It's just, that is a silver bullet there. Great combination. Now, yes, In addition to the advertising, again, the programming is pushing this. And they're pushing it with the lead, the female lead, male leads. And again, typically black man, fair white woman. Not always. They have shown a couple with Hispanic woman or Asian woman. But they are competing directly head-to-head with Lifetime channel, or there's two of them, Lifetime Movie Network and Lifetime whatever, that have been promoting these things. And you really can't tell the difference between them in terms of this narrative and this agenda that's being pushed. So what's wrong with the mixed race message, first of all? What's wrong with it, really? Well, first of all, it is totally, completely, utterly disproportionate. It is an out-and-out lie in terms of what is true in the population in the country. It is a total bald-faced lie. And it's being promoted for a reason, and it's not just monetary. There are reasons things are done in media. There are reasons things are done in publishing. One of them is to make money. And another one is to champion a cause celeb that is near and dear 
to those who are in charge. Those are the dominant reasons. There's more than just profit motive here. But the thing also about the mixed race narrative, message, is that it is, a, it's like, pardon me, I know I will offend people with this, but it's like a gateway drug. <laughs> Why do I say that? It's this. It's that it is contrary to God's will. It is contrary to God's design. It is not in the best interest of anybody. Certainly not the children. The kingdom of God, the eternal kingdom of God, is going to be populated, peopled, with people of every race. But there's a world of difference between people of different races living side by side, working side by side, worshiping side by side, and mixing the races. World of difference. And as people are encouraged to go contrary to God's will, to do contrary to God's will, they are oh so easily influenced to accept that which is out and out evil, namely the sodomite agenda, to accept it as normal, natural, respectable, deserving of respect. These things have been promoted very heavily by the advertisers during the Tokyo Olympics, Summer Olympics, during the South Korean Winter Olympics, major, major American companies pushing these things. Now, dirty little secret for years, decades, <laughs> and decades and decades and decades, foundations that were established by major powerhouse American corporations were controlled by leftist successors to their forebears who promoted extreme leftist agenda through these charitable foundations. But in addition to those charitable foundations, time and time and time and time and time again, these major powerhouse corporations have their own separate corporate foundations. And more recently, those corporate foundations have gotten involved in the same thing. And in addition to that, now they have added in corporate advertising for their merchandise, pushing the same agendas. It is not innocent. It is not focused on increasing profit margins. It is focused on societal change. It is cultural war. And Hallmark Corporation and their crown media arm, which they control entirely, with their flagship channel, Hallmark Channel, and right behind it, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, are heavily promoting these things. 
that are destructive to this nation, to the children of this nation, to the young people of this nation, to subvert them, to cause them to believe a lie, to embrace falsehood, to harm themselves and their families and loved ones. And this is being promoted at Christmas time. Being promoted <laughs> with the new offerings that starts in October, all the way through past Christmas. And then it continues with their other programming thereafter. Hallmark is simply a microcosm of what is wrong with this nation. And it's not about children being encouraged to ask for things they don't need and can't af- their parents can't afford. It's to destroy their lives. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.